You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Welcome back to the Talk Your Jits podcast. This podcast is, as name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a one-strike blue belt who trains at Gracie Barra, located in Displains, Illinois. Ladies and gentlemen, Harry Throw. Ooh, how you guys doing today? How's it going, sir? Could uh, I could complain, but nobody wants to hear that anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, what good would it do us to complain, right? That is correct. But yeah, first and foremost, man, I'd like to thank you for uh, being a guest on the show today. P- truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Um, so you know, let's let's get it rocking. So if you want to thoroughly, you know, introduce yourself again, by all means, and let's hear about your jujitsu journey. So my name is Harry Thoreau. Um, I'm gonna be about 42 this uh, next month, so I'm considered old in the jujitsu world. But uh, <laughs> you'd be surprised; some of the old guys will surprise you. But uh, yeah, yeah, so, uh, signed up with Gracie Baja back uh, in about 2019, right before COVID hit. So about mm. about six months in is when I started, uh, right before COVID, and then uh, I took a year off after that, and then started back up in. Uh, um january at the at my other gym um i just moved so i went from gracie baja libertyville to gracie baja displays so that's my uh introduction into jujitsu right there okay so um what got you what got you into it like what got you uh training so um my wife signed my kid up and do do jujitsu and then she's like you know what? i think you could do this with your son this would be you know something to do father and son so that's how i started back into it now i grappled uh back in high school you know wrestling and stuff like that but nothing you know too intense um i've wrestled for probably about five six years and then you know 20 years down the road now i'm doing jujitsu gotcha gotcha so how was it when it uh, when you first started training jujitsu so when i first started training um now every now when i say things it's not to bash any gym or anything but i say every professor has their style of teaching and coaching um and if i didn't have as thick of a skin as i did i would have probably quit jujitsu right off the bat Mm -hmm. um they didn't really tell you how to tie your belt or you're supposed to you're not supposed to be standing on that end of the line you go by rank they didn't really have a good guidance when i first started so it's like mm-hmm. i'm over three you're not supposed to stand at the black belts <laughs> and you look like an idiot oh no you, you know you have to tie your belt this way you can't tie it like that you know it, so it was really really hard the first two days because you had no guidance now mm other gyms and i've seen not newbies but people that are trying this out for their first time and the professors were totally different and they you know it wasn't as warm as the welcoming as it should be and if i was a you know didn't know any better i would have probably quit the first day Mm -hmm. given my background and stuff like this with wanting to learn and be eager to learn that's what uh you know got me to stay the second day the third day the fourth day um I'd say in my first three to four weeks, it, it was I was so injury prone because I didn't know what not to do. 
Mm -hmm. except for, oh, here's the move. Now go try it. When you, when you don't know anything, it's very, it's a very, very struggle as somebody that has no conceptual act, you know, on how to grab somebody or how to do something. And it's, it can be very, very frustrating, very discouraging. Mm -hmm. So, and that's one of the things that I picked up that I always wanted to, you know, not just to teach, just to pass along is to the newer generation, you know, they don't know anything. And it, you know, if you're trying to get people to get engaged in jujitsu, you don't want them to just be like, oh, you know, like uh, I take it looking as like, if you're working in the construction yard, you always bash the new guy. You can't do this, this sport because they don't know. And then if you're trying to get them to grow with your, 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 uh, your gym, that's, you know, they have a different way of doing things. So my journey with that was, is, is I wanted to one, learn how to protect myself and my family without using deadly force. Mm -hmm. So I am a concealed carry and, you know, I do that, but I wanted to be able to use less lethal in a responsible manner. Mm -hmm. So not only, yeah, I can use a firearm, but there's going to be times where that's not called for. If I can't defend myself or defend people around me, then that's, that's a, it's always be better to have and not need. Yeah. yeah. Jiu-jitsu applies that one. And, you know, I wanted to have better discipline on, you know, just my body, my mind, and, you know, better representation of myself Two, I wanted my kids to instill, I wanted to instill discipline into my kids to show them respect and, you know, to the people that they're growing it to. So that's what mm -hmm. I want to start off with on you know my base foundation of why i wanted to do jujitsu i'm competitive at nature so i love doing competitions okay the adrenaline rush you get just from the night before is absolutely nothing match that i found i've been skydiving i used to race motorcycles that's nothing compared to the adrenaline rush of going into a tournament wow so, and i want to i want to go skydiving too it, you know, it, it's, you literally are up there. It's jumping out the plane and that's it. For the next night, mm -hmm. you can't breathe and then it's just blissful. So it's the adrenaline rush in a tournament is a lot more, in my opinion, than skydiving. I thought skydiving was kind of boring because when you race a motorcycle at 178 miles per hour, that's more of a Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody can you know some deer can run out and i'm dead on the road so i stopped doing motorcycles you know i traded a motorcycle in for a boat now i do fishing so but jujitsu the the adrenaline rush in a jujitsu is absolutely amazing and that high you get you know when you sign up for four different brackets and you got 13 matches that's the true skill in in any tournament is if, if you can go that many rounds and, you know, even in an absolute match, it's absolutely amazing. When I'm tapping out a purple and a brown, you know, at a white belt level, then it's like my coach is like, no, 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 no. You need to move up. We need to get you higher. So then I went and did, I did Pan Ams. Mm -hmm. That's a whole totally different game, too, because you don't know what to expect. You got 30 people in a bracket. You never know. So when you fly 2,000 miles, that's a, you know, you don't expect, I don't expect to lose in that type of match. So wow. it's uh, when I started, everybody asked me, how did I get so good so quick with no juju, mm -hmm. with no jujitsu background? So I have the ability to watch a video and replicate that over and over again. So I would do 
three hours a day, five days a week. If you have that ability, you are going to get good fast. I don't mm-hmm. care no training. Um, our gym, um, the no gi class, they'd have four people, three people. That's a private lesson in itself. And a lot of people are scared to do that, but it's like that is your private lesson one-on-one with your professor and absorb all that stuff that you get and practice the same move over and over again a thousand times. Mm -hmm. You know, when I train with a lot of the black belts, it was nothing but black belts, brown belts, and Navy SEALs. When you're training against Navy SEALs, they have limited amount of conditioning <laughs> right <laughs> so you can't, you're not going to beat those guys on conditioning you're going to beat them on mistakes so you have to learn mm-hmm. to set up traps and mis- and mistakes so i learned how to do traps at an early age before i even learned how to pass so you pick up a lot of the tips and tricks and then you find the moves you like and you just and everybody doesn't like it but i'm a firm believer in drilling and i mean mm-hmm. Drilling to where you can't, you're tired of drilling it and then you drill it again and you drill it again. Why? Because you drill it so it becomes the muscle memory. So you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I just hit that move so easy. That's when it becomes the success rate. I stick to, you know, 60 to 70% higher moves percent. Mm -hmm. It's all in number games. If, you know, when I'm doing a, tournament if i don't have the percentage advantage i do not try that move now is that playing it safe no i'm playing to win right you know that that's my whole understanding of jujitsu and you know and to respect the other person because everybody can get tapped at any mm-hmm. match and that's my whole you know breakdown of how i got as good as i did as quick as i did and then i tore my knee I had knee surgery last February, so I'm I'm just now getting back to full rolling. And then um, I'd say probably in about six to eight months, I'll do Worlds this year. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's my goal. So, I mean, it's a good good goal to have. Yeah, whether that happens or not, it's it's but it's a goal and I do short term goals. You know, everybody's, you know, you want to hit that home run, you know, my first goal was is to choke somebody unconscious. That's an amazing feeling. Now, maybe that's crazy, but when you tap, when you choke somebody lifeless and wearing, it's, it, I was like a fat kid eating cake. I was so, and I need to calm down and act like I've done this before. But no, it, it it was literally three and a half. I put this guy. I'm always the guy that goes against the grain. Oh, you, you're not supposed to do that. I'm the guy that tries that move in a tournament when you're not supposed to. So my accolade was, is I was in his guard and I did a baseball bat choke inside in his guard and I choked him out in three seconds. And that, I didn't know he was out and then he's snoring and the ref never stopped it. And it was, that was kind of scary after it happened because you, you gotta know when to let go. Cause sometimes the ref is not gonna see you. Yeah. So that that's the whole up and downs about jujitsu, learning control, learning how to. And I didn't have that control right away. It was just something I tried, and I should have listened to my professor because he's like, "Never try moves you never tried before in practice." But I wanted to, so it it was a good good learning experience for me on that aspect. Wow, I never took no one unconscious. 
but I did. Well, no, I guess he, he no, he did go to sleep. I caught him in a triangle. Yeah, he did go to sleep. So I guess I guess so. But um, yeah, I I look at I look at jujitsu kind of similar um way uh, with comp with competing now because I just recently started competing. I don't I'm doing my third one uh Saturday. Okay, <laughs> as a matter of fact. So um. So yeah, that's, so when I do tournaments, man, my goal is just to do, you know, a little bit better than I did my last one. You know, because it's it's a it's a yeah, it's, you know, competing in itself is a whole different ball game. Oh yeah, because it's like you are you get a chance to really assess your own skills versus someone who never seen you roll before, and it's yeah, like you said that that rush is like oh man what's what's gonna happen how is it gonna go am I gonna do this is gonna be this way this way that way who I'm competing against but I'm like I'm just ready and so I'm so I'm so nervous and anxious and like excited and just so just so oh man so here's a move that I tell everybody and there's there's two moves and I you remember what I says you drill a move a thousand times mm-hmm. baseball bat choke from anywhere. Now, what I mean by anywhere, standing, you know, mm-hmm. when and they're in your guard and and when you're in their guard. It's one- See, I haven't I haven't seen the one when you baseball choke someone in their guard. I'll I'll send it's I have it on my TikTok. Um it, it I'll send it to you and I am in their guard and I took him down and I ended up in in his guard. They reset us and I purposely gave him the opportunity to, he could have put me in an arm bar but if that was the case i just did like you go like this and i gator roll and it's inside his guard and next thing you know you're out it happens that quick if you don't tap you will go to sleep if you get it on tight it's it's a very quick choke it's if you get a baseball bat choke even standing yeah standing um it, it's just a very 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 powerful choke you can hit it from side control you're gonna hit from it there's such a very 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 powerful choke i mean if somebody is letting you pass their guard that is a trap baseball back chokes coming on um that is one of my most favorite favorite chokes is the baseball bat choke um and then you you know the kimura traps you know here if i'm giving you my leg to the single leg that should tell you something because you're going to get Komora trapped and, you know, from a single leg. So being a wrestler that has a disadvantage because the one mm-hmm. thing is a lot of jujitsu guys that I start out with their stand-up game is not to bash them is horrible. You know, how to defend the single leg, the traps to the single leg, you know, there's so many secondary moves and third moves that, are so highly effective when you do your stand-up game. Now you get then you get these guys that pull guard. Great, I love guard pullers because I love passing guard. It, <laughs> yeah, and it's super simple to do. And it, um, I I took a couple classes, and one one of the classes I took was from Marcelo Garcia, and he's the one that when I was uh, training, and he taught me to slow down. Mm-hmm. Know what he meant at first. Cause I was like, oh, <laughs> but he's like, you do all that. You waste all that energy. And then he showed me a way to slow down basically. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like a thought press I do now. And it was just absolutely amazing. Just those three techniques sharpened 90% of my skill. And it's half hour to learn. 
Yeah. So that was that was one of the the things that my instructor, you know, drilled in us since day one. Mm-hmm. Slow down. Slow down. But just like, you know, you'd be like, oh man, I want to be quicker than the next guy. I want to do this on today. Like, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. But you can slow down. And it is one of those things where it's it really started to click now. And prime example had a guy, he's uh he's a white belt, he just joined maybe like a couple weeks ago. The combative training training in the army, and he used to wrestle. So and he's freakishly strong. So I'm like, okay, so we rode one time, you know, for the first time, and you know, call me Americana. Okay, let's go again. Went again. So I was like, yep, I'm not about to outstrength this guy. I am not about to outmove this guy at all. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna ride it. I'm just gonna ride the wave. And you know, he's transitioning and I'm threatening, I might threaten some a little bit just to get his reaction. We're going, 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 going. And he's how how was we? I think I was in um bottom, I was a uh, bottom half, and I was like, man, you, you you're breathing kind of hard there, man. You okay? So he was like, yeah. As soon as I heard that, I was like, yeah, it's go time. Oh, there you go. Took his, took his back, crucifix, redneck choke. It was so here, here's a good move that I love those. I call them the smash passers. Now, I was a big I was a big boy. I was 227 this January. And mm-hmm. I'm down to 181 right now. Okay, that's what I'm trying to get down to. I, I lost. 40 some pounds in two months now it was like oh my god what are you doing how do you do that yeah i'm on something that helps control that is it illegal no it's just i know how to dump body weight massively really really quickly um okay. i i like going against the chubbier guys you got something to grab on and 99 percent of the people that i've ever gone against they can't move they don't move mm-hmm. them they don't know how to use their hips if you get a bigger guy that knows how to move his hips, then you're in trouble. But 99% of the people that are in my bracket or division, they're, you know, I don't want to sound cocky, but my coach can vouch for this. There's nobody that can touch me. And that is a confidence filter when your coach tells you that. But when you actually execute flawlessly, every, uh, you can probably look, you can look up my uh, stats. I haven't lost as a blue belt and I don't plan on it. Um, and I'll do probably, you know, 10 to 20 tournaments um i do i do the comp net um now if i get somebody that you know is highly trained that'd be great because i'll probably get my butt whooped because i the guys that i'm going it's like i don't think they're prepared now Mm -hmm. my coach says don't think that you did anything you came prepared they didn't and that's what kind of, you know, got me, you know, hey, brought, brought me down to reality. He's like, hey, you've been training for six, eight months straight hard, you know, two hours a day. You're coming in five days a week, six days a week. You busted your butt and it made it feel like it easy. He's like, no, you're just well prepared. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that because, you know, some of these guys just do it for fun. Some of these guys do it for profession. You know, they do it hardcore. And it took me a while to learn. It's like, hey, you know, you are prepared. And you're only you only you, when you go into a tournament and if you're not prepared, you're going to get whooped, you know, if you're not conditioned. Um, and it has a lot of play with, you know, what you put into your body is what you're going to get out of it, too, as well. If you're drinking sodas and you're drinking that, your body, you know, drink sodas and stuff like that. But back to everything that I learned, I, I learned 
two stand up, two in the guard. You know, I learned two or three moves and I execute them efficiently. So that way, if that move doesn't work, I can try them because not everybody's, you know, body style is different. I might get somebody that's shorter. I hate shorter guys. I, I hate the scrawny guys because I can't grab them. That's why I'll go two weight classes above me just so I can get to the fat guy. Mm -hmm. Now, are they easier to beat? Yes. In my opinion, they are. Um, but in when I was in Pan Ams, I had to go against the guy. He was my second match. And this guy was jacked. Now, I'm not a small guy, but this guy had chesticles. This guy had, I'm talking over 18 inches. This guy was jacked on something. And I pulled guard because I saw, and this is the IBJJF. Now, if you pull guard, you're kind of ahead. And I locked him in my guard the whole four and a half minutes. And I'm trying to break. This guy's just ripping my hands off. And my hands were pretty pretty beat up after that match and i was awarded the win and after the match i asked the ref i was like what made you um give me the win what was the outcome he was like because you were the aggressor he didn't attempt to break your guard not once and i'm like wow that didn't make any sense so and i <laughs> i found the value of pulling guard because my my professor always told me never pull guard you're always attacking if you're on top and that he made sense on that but I knew this guy was just absorbently so much more stronger than me. I mm -hmm. had to pull guard because it, it was the more beneficial position at that time. So, and as you get into more tournaments, you're going to realize, okay, can I beat this guy on stand up or can I beat this guy on the ground? Mm -hmm. If you're pulling guard, I know what I'm going to do. And you have to be ready for that in a moment's notice. And that's where drilling those moves a thousand, thousand times comes into play. If uh how tall are you by any chance? Uh about five ten. Five so nine, five ten. So, so you're you're kind of you're about two, three inches, four inches shorter than me. Um here's a move that I recommend anybody that's you know that's get those smash passers, learn the lasso sweeps. The lasso sweeps are super powerful. You conserve a lot of energy and it makes you look like the aggressor. Mm-hmm. Get them in, you can sweep the biggest, chubbiest guys in the world. The skinny, scrawny guys are the ones I, I have problems with. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, it, that that's my thorn in my side, this, the scrawny guys. Yeah, the 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 strong, like scrawny, like linky guys are like my kryptonite, man. <laughs> I match free. I'm six foot three, and I have long legs, and that's a, an advantage, but. My coach, he literally taught me, you know, if somebody gets you in like Ashi and they're trying to go for a footlock, I know a really, really slick move to get an inside heel hook when I'm doing absolute. I've tapped three or four people and it, and I kind of give them my leg. You want to heel hook me? I'm going to get you before you even get that hook on. It's that quick. But I had to learn that from, you know, these guys that have been doing this for 30, 40 years. And mm. just the knowledge and the little tips and tricks that they teach you. Um, I was doing an absolute as a white belt. Well, I didn't know I had to go against black belts and brown belts. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, here we go. I'm, you know, and I've never learned how to do a heel hook in my life. So, and I ended up placing like third or fourth in that division, but it was just, you know, a good humbling experience when you, you know, 
when you go against these guys, but it's also a good experience that, you know, you're beating these guys and you never even practice these moves. Um, it's nervous. It's a lot of nerves, but once you get past that, it's absolutely amazing. There's one, yeah. there's one move I would love to teach you. Um, I catch everybody and I catch black belts in it. I've catch, you know, and it's, it's the stupidest simple move. You can be, you can be in half guard and you're, you go to put your arm underneath their head, right? Well, if I'm laying down flat on my back and they put their arm here, I actually pull it over and then I go for the Kimura reverse. And it's a super slick move. If I can, if I can do a tutorial and I'll send it to you, you're going to be like, that's one of the slickest, easiest moves to hit on anybody because you're never. Mm -hmm. So it's it's when you're in bottom half and they yep. come under your head. Uh, oh, you go like this and you push it over and they got the arm here. You hold their arm here. Let me see if I can get, yeah. You hold their arm here and then you reach over. And reach it, over. Yeah. Usually when you have that, like they're in your half guard. Mm -hmm. And then a hoop sweep right roll over. So there's, it, they're just the, the stupidest, effortless, high percentage, low risk moves. Because if I miss it, well, he's already in half guard. I didn't lose anything. Mm -hmm. I always played the percentages, you know, if this is a 90% high risk, you know, now if I'm down, I don't know what that feels like. If I'm down in a match and, you know, if I have to do a Hail Mary, then by that point, I've already been playing catch up and I don't like mm -hmm. catch up. I want to be prepared and I will, you know, be successful. Have I gotten to it where I had to do it? do it was zero zero and i taught in the ref decision but i had to do that pulling guard in order to get the advantage um that's it's it's a hard way to to get your mind to get in that thought process once you get in that thought process everything goes out easy once you have your game plan in it's going to go out the window mm -hmm. if you know if you don't drip and that, you know, it goes down to how you train. And if you're not training, how you're going to go into the match, you're not going to perform that well either. So if you're always light rolling and now I have guys, I'm like, I want you to smash me as hard as you can. I want you to, I tell my professor, I want you to smash me. Don't, you know, make me tap. Just mm -hmm. expect it in the tournament. And when it doesn't happen, it just makes everything easier. Yeah. That's what uh that's what kind of what the, been the game plan this week. Um, like we had open mats uh, Sunday or yesterday, and my instructor was there, and I was like, okay, he's usually not on the mats, so I was like, oh, okay. So he's like, uh, as soon as I came in, he was sitting there. He's like, you warmed up? I'm like, yeah. He's like, come on. I was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> so I got some good hard rolls with him, and he was just like, just feeding me people, like, hey, you. Don't let him rest. He got to. He got to get ready. Every so. two minutes, you get a new guy. Yep. Thirty seconds, you get a new guy. So we, I do that. I call it circuit training jujitsu. So I'll do. It's a uh, uh, ten minute stand ups. So it's nothing but takedowns. And every two minutes, there's or, you know a minute thirty seconds. They're sending in a fresh guy. You know, boom, boom, boom. And then it's like I'm on bottom now. They're in, I'm, you know, they've already passed my guard. So I'm doing two minutes, two minutes, six, you know, trying to stop them from passing. And then, then they put in another guy. You do that for a half hour. You want to talk about lactic acid buildup? Woo-wee. 
Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. If I were to tell about uh, anybody getting into jujitsu, learn about lactic acid. Mm -hmm. That builds up in your arms and then your arms are dead and you can't move your arms. Like, yeah, yeah. has nowhere to go. So I've, I've been in those situations, man, where it's just like, it's like you, you can feel your muscles trying <laughs> to turn, but it's like, no matter what, like in your mind, you're squeezing as hard as you can, but your hands are just like this. Like yep. You're just like, nah, ain't going nowhere. <laughs> no. I, I've, uh, in, in uh, wrestling, when we, you know, we've always learned these grip techniques and I'll sit there and I'll use, uh, um, I do a lot of resistance bands and mm -hmm. I'll sit there and I'll hold like this for three minutes on a resistance band or like those grippers and I'll do mm -hmm. like five kilograms squeezes and I'll do a seven kilogram squeeze and I'll hold it for three minutes. Let it go. Wait 30 seconds. Hold it for another three minutes till my forearms are on fire. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in a match and I'm sitting there holding you and they're jerking, it's like cakewalk. Like I can hold this grip, you know, all all 10 minutes if i had to if i had a match for 10 minutes there was a uh, one match i went up against the guy he was a uh army ranger and it was a no-gi match and i ended up coming up there i shook his hand and then i heard him say oh shit <laughs> i i squeezed it, i crushed he wasn't in that firm grip and it threw him off his whole game and it wasn't like i was doing it was just a nice you know, firm handshake. And I, you know, give a good handshake. Here you go. But he told me after the match, he's like, yeah, as soon as you grab my wrist, I knew I was screwed. So when you grab somebody's wrist and you crush their, you know, you get a good grip that, you know, that's, it could, it could intimidate somebody it could throw them off their whole game and they're not expecting that. So right. there's all these, you know, variables that come into play and, you know, you can only hope for everything goes your way. So, right. Yeah. There's, I would say if you had to learn, you know, do two, learn two moves and stand up two moves to try to pass somebody's guards and two moves while you're, you know, while you pull guards and you drill those. And I'm talking only do those moves. Don't learn anything else. Learn. Mm -hmm. those so you master those moves. And I'd say do those for a month straight. There's times where I was just doing the same move over and over and over and over and over again. I got yelled at one of my professors for doing the ghost escape. I was hitting it on brown belts. I was hitting it on, you know, purples, blues in there. And then I got yelled at. He's, he's, and this is where I was saying if it was anybody else, they would have probably quit. Um, he yelled at me in front of everybody and says, I don't ever want to effing see you do that move again. You can get put in an arm bar. I'm like, okay. Which is funny is that weekend we had another professor come teach that exact same moving class. <laughs> it had the biggest shit eating grin. I'm telling and and I'm like, aren't you gonna tell him not to do that move? Right. Because he could get in an arm bar. Well, he is a four stripe black belt and he's and he outranks everybody doing that. So it, it was just that, you know, I understand why he was doing that because I'm doing a ridiculously advanced move at my belt level when I didn't even know how to pass a guard. So, mm -hmm. like I said, every professor has their own way of doing things. 
And I re- still respect him to this day because I understand now what he was trying to teach me. It took me, a, you know, a year and a half to finally figure out why he was doing what he was doing and the way he was trying to teach me, which was the foundation of jujitsu, learning how to defend myself, learning how to break the guard, learning how to pass the guard. Because if at every level you get into jujitsu, you still need to learn how to break the guard and you still need to learn how to pass the guard. And mm-hmm. bypassing all those, like, oh, I want to learn this slick trick. I want to learn this good move. And I was like, man, if I would have just took three months to learn how to open the guard, I wouldn't have had problems in this tournament. Or if I would have had, you know, learned three months of, you know, opening a guard or breaking guard, it would have made me more successful to what I, you know, I wouldn't have had those struggles as, you know, in the white belt divisions that I did. So Mm -hmm. I did learn a lot from that professor. But then when I went to another school, which was we didn't learn leg locks because my, you know, professor always told me, hey, we have to work the next day. We're 40 some years old. You don't want to be riching on somebody's knees and popping people's knees. So he didn't know we didn't ever learn heel hooks or anything like that. So but the next gym that I did, boom, that, hey, you need to learn these. You're you're behind. You know, you, you should already be learning these after two years. There's no reason why not to. So mm-hmm. and it's fun because you learn so many different styles. And the one thing that he always taught me, he's like, listen, I don't care who you train with. I'll, I'll even support you going training at any gym. Mm-hmm. He's like, your style is your style. You cannot, you're not going to mimic anyone's style. You're going to take a move and you're going to create it and you're going to make it yours. And that's going to be your style. Now, everybody's going to tell you, no, you need to grab here. But no, your arms are a foot and a half longer than everybody else's in this gym. So your hand placement might be better up here. Better up there, yep. And that made so much sense when he's like, listen, you have to make it your own. And just because they say do it this way, there's no wrong way to do it. It's to effectively hit the move and the great procedure the way that they, you know, the example they give you, you know, they always say, oh, grab by the the, the collar here. He's like, you have, you know, a, a six foot wingspan. You might need to be grabbed here, you know. So those little tips and tricks that he, uh, my professor Tony Lanovic taught me, he's like, everybody's body style is going to be different. So you have to make that adjustment based on those body styles. He's Mm -hmm. like, what we teach you here is a foundation. When we tell you to grab your sleeve here, it might be better for you to grab here. Just those two to three inches may make you the difference of them not breaking your grip and breaking your grip. You know, you having your hand here versus having your hand here or turning it at a 45. He's like, you're going to find all those aspects of different grips based on each person's different body styles you go against too. Mm-hmm. If I go against a, a chubbier guy or, or a guy that's a little bit muscular and husky, stocky, he's like, you may not want to grab here. It may be harder to grab the gi because it's a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you one one little trick that, you know, I'm not going to mention the name who taught me. Um, in IBJJ, do not fly 2,000 miles and not bring an extra gi. Okay. So my my gi that I use is not a canvas gi. It's a, tra- it's a train light gi. It's very, very, very thin. And it's hard, mm-hmm. to, hard to grab. 
you mm. can't competition and people can't grab you. Mm -hmm. I, flew, I flew 2000 miles and we're sitting there asking everybody, can I borrow their gi? Because my gi, I, I, they said, you have seven minutes to find a new gi or you're disqualified. Uh, so, and I'm like, are you serious? He's like, your pants are okay, but your top's not okay. It's too thin of material. I'm like, it's a Gracie approved, you know, thing. So we found a guy who was sitting in the corner who just lost, who was an A4 gi. And that's my size at the time. And he let me his gi top. And I was like, I hate to do this to you, but I need your pants too, because they got to. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I'll give you a hundred dollars for your gi right now. He's like, you know what? I just lost. Here you go. I hope you have better luck. And I, I, to I totally forgot this guy's name, but I ever do run into him. I'm going to buy this guy, whatever he needs for his geese, because if it wasn't for him, I would have not won Pan Ams because of that guy. So Eddie wow. guy, he's listening to this. Make sure you bring an extra ghee and make sure you, it's, it's compliant to their standards. Cause I'm telling you, they hold out your arm. They measure everything. They, they, they make sure everything is to spec into code. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was my we're flying 2000 miles to that to get there to say you can't compete and i'm the first division of the ultra heavyweight division everybody else is an a2 and lower i'd be like sleeves <laughs> sleeves right here <laughs> yeah my gosh and i literally saw a guy in the corner head down and i knew that i knew that look at defeat because i seen it before in other guys and i went up to him i was like did you just lose he's like yes i was like i hate to do this to you but i'll <laughs> Off. and it was i was swimming in his gi but out there just let me bar and he he gave his shirt and pants to me and that was one of the most gracious things somebody and that's why i joined jujitsu because it's a fan you know you got a guy that was willing to do that that's a family right there yeah and that's like it, that's just like pulling over the road and helping somebody change their tire you know you give back to the community. So, you know, when somebody needs something, I'm always there for them. You know, here you go. Let me help you with this. You know, let me help you with that because you never know when it's going to come back to you. And it came back to me. So mm -hmm. my, my wife is always like, man, why are you always helping these people? I was like, you never know when you're going to get the blessings. And this came back by 10 onto me. And I was like, my professor's like, see all those things you do good for people. It's coming back to you. We were set up for failure in the pans because my professor had got his black belt, but they never registered them in the system as a black belt. So they went and let him down there to be my coach. So you have to be a black belt to be a coach? Oh, yes. You have to be registered under the IBJJF if you're not registered underneath there. So um, uh, I think it's uh, Professor Mora. Um, Je uh, Jefferson Mora is my professor's professor. And he mm -hmm. promoted him like a year ago and he submitted it to PANS, PANS uh, IBJJF, but they never put him in the system. He registered. So when we went to go check in, they're like, sorry, sir, you can't come down here. And he's like, what? Well, he ended up getting, he ended up finally getting down there, but it was just like, you have to, they have to be registered. They cannot be your coach. They so that was a whole new experience that it was like struggle after struggle. He's not my coach. I need a new gi. It, it was just like one thing after another. And then his son locked his key in the trunk so he couldn't get the car to come. I'm like, oh, my God. If it's like, oh, 
never set up for failures. <gasps> Jiu-Jitsu taught me how to deal with those failures. And, mm -hmm. and man, I'm telling you, it was a, a life-changing experience. I'm going to do it again, but it be prepared. Even though you don't think you're going to need to be prepared, be prepared. So... Oh man, I would have lost it. <laughs> you want to talk about like we were like you know, first, well that's not even that because then they lost they didn't have a hotel reservation they lost his reserve like it was we were set up for failure but we it was just we had to keep fighting and it was just one thing after another we we were overcoming it and then they give you seven minutes seven minutes to go find a gi and everybody's a two gis because it's the 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 lightweight divisions yeah. And they oh, tell you, like a white division, it's like, you know, so like it was a September 1st through the 5th. Well, what day am I going? Right. They don't give you mm -hmm. that. So you have to book all four days to stay in a hotel when they say, hey, you know what? You're just going to be on the first and second. They don't tell you that till like the day before what days you're going. Oh, that's crazy. So if you ever do like IBJJF, you'll see. And, you know, it booked up. There's one division that had 50 some people. And then other divisions that had 12 people, but then they booked us so fast. It's like, you got a bigger division. They got to let more people join or host a bigger event. Cause there's a lot of people trying to get into these events. So mm -hmm. I'd be, if I'd be anybody from IBJJF is listening, take these, you know, cause it could discourage people from doing it because if you make it so hard, people that like newer, the generation want to do this, you know, they don't have a phone number you got to call. You got to email, by the way. Um, registering is another one. Then you got to buy the membership. You didn't know that either. <laughs> and then you only have a certain time frame to book that, you know, that's that your your slot. So it, it was a rough battle learning how to do all that. Um, trying to get registered and getting out there, flying out there, not knowing what day you're going to go till till the day of. And then now I know that I'm on, on day one. I could have flown back that night and been home, but nope, I had to sit there and, you know, and twiddle my thumbs because, <laughs> you know, uh, you don't know who's going up, but you see a lot of good competitors too, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, man, I would have lost it. <laughs> you know, that you get these adversities in life and I'm telling you, you know, jujitsu has calmed me down because I, you know, my coach told me, he's like, you know, you get that adrenaline rush that I want to literally put somebody unconscious and now I can do it legally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I can legally choke you out and you got two guys willing to go at it. <laughs> Is that the definition of somebody being crazy? No, it's just you, you find something and jujitsu's humbled me in so many ways, you know, when I was the white belt, I was the spaz. You're like, oh my God, this guy just never stops going and going because I never had anybody had this slow down. Because mm -hmm. if you're a wrestler, you're always taught, go, 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 yeah. Now I'm stalling like crazy. So here's here's a, here's a really, <clears throat> if you're going to do a tournament and you're up eight, eight, three, every 15 seconds attempt to make a move now everybody's like oh that's you know that's stupid blah but listen i'm going for pans i'm i'm looking to win 
it's your job. I'm already beating you eight two. It's not my job to go any further. I don't have to choke you out. Choking you out's the pleasure. Mm-hmm. I'm already whooping you eight one, eight two, or whatever. I don't have to go any further. I already, I already beat you. I'm up eight two. Now everybody's like, "Well, that's stalling." Eh, it's a tactic I learned, you know. And I got to conserve my energy. As you get into, you know, you got to learn how to conserve it. But every fifteen seconds. You have to make the attempt to move or they hit you with a caution. Well, in wrestling, they take a point. Jiu-jitsu, it's just an advantage point. But you can have 15 advantage points. That don't mean anything. If I got one point, I win. Or if I get if I get to take down this two points, you can have 15 advantage points. But if I got two points, I win. I mean, it's just it's just playing the long game, man. Yeah. That's how you that's how you survive long time and you know doing jujitsu. Exactly. And like you were saying, you're gonna get those bigger guys they're gonna go at you go at you go at you guess what and they're sucking that air guess what i'm gonna deflate you like a balloon and you're just coming up yeah that's the most amazing feeling is when you see the defeat in their eyes and they're just yes it it's an it's better than any drug you can possibly imagine and they're I mean, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, like you said, that's that's that sick, twisted thing about about jiu-jitsu, But it's such a yeah, it's such a rush when you feel the soul of like someone just like just get defeated, and you just like, uh, it's time to kill. <laughs> and it, you know, I there's a, one of the guys I watch in the videos. Yeah, you can be in anybody, but on points. And, mm-hmm. and if you see some of my, nobody, nobody, if you like look at the wins and losses, nobody worries about the points. Yeah. You beat them. I beat a guy 23 to one or 23, two or whatever, because I messed up on, on, he got a sweep on me and I was just being stupid. That doesn't mean anything. Me mm-hmm. to execute the choke properly was what I was missing. And my, and mm-hmm. it took me like a couple months for my coach to say, so what you beat them, you know, 23 to, you know, two, that, that doesn't mean anything. Mm. He made a lot more mistakes than you did. You know, how come you didn't submit him when you're up that, you know, that much, how come you didn't, you know, and I'm like thinking about it. He's like, that's the ultimate domination is when you truly beat them is when you submit them. And that took me a while. And I'm like, what does he mean by that? You know, well, yeah, anybody can win on points, but the true dominance is when you can submit somebody, make them tap, because then you had the more superior position, the more superior that you were more effective. Yeah, you can catch anybody in a heel hook, but come down to my division where they're not legal. You can't do toe holds. You can't do those stuff, you know. So now you have to beat them on basics, Mm -hmm. arm bar, triangle, guillotines, you know, stuff like that. Then those become more in your in your muscle memory because now if i can tap you on a triangle because it means you left your arm out now i got you in the arm bar in a triangle and when you do you add all those up to where you can take their back and you get a choke in and do it effectively and not give up the position then you've executed everything from start to finish without no mistakes so as my blue when i started my blue belt journey my goal was is not to give up any points so far, I've had not one point scored on me, and I've not lost any matches. Now, by any means, that's not bragging. But that is the goal that my professor gave me. He's like, I don't want to see anybody scoring a point on you, and I don't want to see you ever losing a match. 
Now, I may lose a match and I may come across and there probably will be another blue belt that, you know, has way more experience than I do. And I expect that. But if I don't train properly and I, you know, don't have that mindset, I will lose. But mm -hmm. if I have a good, strong game, the way I go into and I keep doing what I've been doing, I should see the same results every single time. Now, I'm going to get to a guy that plays guard better than me. But then mm -hmm. open my guard passing is better than his guard pulling. So, and until that kind of time comes, that's when I'm going to sit there and I'm going to drill, 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 drill. People don't like drilling. I like drilling. I, I love drilling. I love doing the same move over and over and over again. That it, There's nothing wrong with being perfect on the same move. Now, I may only be good at two or three moves, but I sure can tell you this i'm gonna hit them so flawlessly it's and that's the way it should be you should be yeah. able to hit those when when i did i did a move in a match i did a um the head and arm triangle but i do the head and arm triangle from side control i'll actually be in side control i get the head and arm and i'll take my legs from laying down i'll go all the way up 90 straight up in the air and come back down on the other side because it gets, if you ever try to do the head and arm triangle from mount, it's. I think it's harder. Yeah, it's, it's a lot harder. If you do the head and arm triangle from side control, you get that locked in. And then you hop over all the way over. Like I lift my legs all the way in there and I come back down on the other side. It's literally 10 times tighter. And then mm -hmm. I, I forgot which, per, which professor I was watching a video on told me to get off my knees, stay on my toes and just walk a clock. And then, and it's, and it's like literally uh, it's uh, three tippy toes and there. And it was just, it took me a while, but you know, I was able to watch his video and get it the next time. So yeah. I literally see the professor trying to explain moves. And I'm like, I just forgot everything you told me, but I go watch the video and I get it in a second. Yeah. So it's just, learning those two techniques that work for my body style because his body style he's five foot three his body style he's got short arms he's, he's tiny yeah i got i got long arms so i have to make up a lot of different between my arms mm -hmm. you know, to do that so that's the overcoming like people like short guys got it easy they really do when you put on a triangle on a short guy you got short legs they're great but getting around a big burly guy you know that's harder to do. So they have to adapt. So I like going get short guys because they can't do triangles on me. Mm -hmm. I got wide shoulders. People that have wide shoulders, it's hard to get, you know, around the arm and the leg, you know. So you learn how to defend against those a lot easier because guess what? I just took away three or four moves. So if I do mess up, I can react quicker and get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So when is your turn? When is your tournament? Uh Saturday. Saturday. What are you doing? Like uh, grappling industries? Yeah, grappling industries. Yep. Yeah, uh, you can look me look me up on Smooth Comp. You'll see. Okay. You'll see, you'll see my record on there. It's uh, I had I I wish there was a way to make that private. Hmm. So I was in a um, I was in a match, and the the, the guy he trains at uh, I think it's uh here in Lake County um, like. Something over here in Brazil, or sorry, Schaumburg. It's in Schaumburg, Illinois, or Brazil, Illinois. And um, I went up against their purple belt. This guy is really, really good, and he beat me with three seconds left. And this was in an absolute 
and I slipped up and he passed my guard. Mm-hmm. Three times, like son, of, I should have just held it. I would have got the win because I was the, I was the aggressor. And the ref said, you know, if you would have held that, you would have probably, you know, I would have awarded you because you were, man, you know, I was just I couldn't get the sweep, but I couldn't, you know, but I was. He said I was the more aggressor. I was like, man. I ended up going against one of their blue belts, and that's the one. I, he's like, yeah, I looked. I he's like, I knew you. <clears throat> I looked you up. And I wish there was a way to hide all those stats because I tend to do that too. And I psych myself out when I see people's records. I'm like, oh my God, this guy yeah. has, this guy has 42 wins, two losses. Now he's got three because of me. <laughs> so you get, you get stuff like that. It's just like, I, I have to stop looking up people online. So I'll tell you my very first jujitsu match. And I don't judge anybody. Come to find out, he has DUI, assault and battery. He's got felonies on his record. And I'm like, man, if I lose, if I beat this guy, is he going to beat me up? <laughs> is he going to catch me in the parking lot? Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm like thinking, I was like, oh, I was like, I hope, I was like, I hope this guy's not that bad of a person on paper. But, but well, after I was, he was one of the nicest guys. I'm like, there's no way this guy has that type of record. He was super polite. He was no aggressive, nothing like that. I was like, maybe he's made some bad choices. And jujitsu turned his life around. Turned his right, yeah. And I've and I've yeah. so many people, which jujitsu is so great for people. It's good for your soul. And I've heard literally people tell me, you know, if it wasn't for jujitsu, I would not be alive because these are guys that are contemplate, you know. And I, I don't like using this, but it, it, they're contemplating suicide. Yeah, and I'm, I tell these guys if you need to talk, and it's not more of you need to talk because some people don't know how to talk. They don't know how to reach out. They don't know how to do anything, and you know. And when you roll with these guys, I've rolled with some people, and I was like, man, if you need anything, here's my number. Call. I don't care if I don't answer. You call again. You know, if if you call me in the morning, call me at night. Shoot me a text message. Say, hey, hey, a face. What are you doing? You know, you know, just just to communicate. So I know you're there. If you're having a, yeah. bad, if you're having a bad day, I can tell you a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, I always, I always go by this way. The, um, by any chance, do you know anybody that's blind? Uh, personally? No. Okay. Words of advice. Never, ever, ever, ever under any circumstance, leave their plunger in their toilet. They do not like that. That's the joke I told one of my buddy. He's like, I have not laughed so hard. He was having such. <laughs> he was having like a bad, like rough patch. Like he was going through divorce. Like he was losing. Like, and he's like, that brought him back down. <laughs> I brought him so much joy just to have a joke like that. No, nothing against, you know, do that. That is a joke, by the way, everybody, you know, yeah. it it's, People need that sometimes. And jujitsu brings people together. You don't go to your gym because of the gym. You go to the gym because you have the camaraderie of people around you. And you yeah. you become this brother and sisterhood of people that you can now count on. And you can say, hey, how you doing? You call. That's like your second family because you're there training oh, so many hours. Yeah. You know? There's times where I saw more people at my gym than I saw my own wife. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, train. What are you doing? She's like, I hate this. I should have never got you into jujitsu. She she hates it. But 
these guys are now my, you know, my, some of my great friends, you know, my professor, he's like, Hey, Harry, you know, how you feeling, dude? I just, you know, I love you. I just checking in on you, making sure you, you know, you're feeling good. Cause uh, back in September I had a stroke. Uh, oh yeah. I had a hit my cranial nerve causing a TIA stroke, messing up my uh, nervous system. And it took me five months to get over that. Um, wow. Doing acupuncture, um, my whole face all over here was all numb. I couldn't, I couldn't even whistle. It was that wow. bad. And it was so depressing. And, you know, people at my gym, they're like, Hey, we're just checking in on you. And that made me feel so good just to have them message me say, Hey, we miss you. You know, hope you come back. You know, that's the camaraderie and that's what jujitsu is about. But it's the family that you make outside of your home. And it's, and not everybody feels it, but when you feel it, I'm telling you, it's amazing emotions that you get when you have that support system outside of your house that you can go to, to ask for advice, to ask for help, to, to help you get your life the way it's supposed to be. Man, I, I love my guy. I love my brothers. Like I talk to them every single day. Yeah, and- it, it's different though, you know, because these are the guys that, you know, if somebody goes at them, you're going to be right there. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. that you're going to be there defending them, you know, and they're going to help you when you need stuff, you know, and you're going to help them. And that's what they don't teach you in jujitsu. You learn that when you're doing jujitsu, they didn't say, Oh, brothers and sisters, these are going to become your best friends, you know, stuff like that. Next thing you know, you're going to your guy, you know, you're going to, you're hanging out with their family, you know, you do events together, you know, these guys are training hard with you and they become part of your lives now. And it's just mm-hmm. amazing feeling. And I, everybody that I that does jujitsu, I hope that they get the feeling that I once had because that emotion and that humbleness you feel is one of the greatest rewards you can possibly have. And jujitsu is to have that. No tournament, no amount of medals is worth more than that. Yeah. yeah, you won a tournament. Yay. It, for all they know that you look like a cross-country guy that just won a cross-country race, right? Nobody knows it's jujitsu. You go and you win Pan Ams. Yeah, that was good for a couple of days, but boom, back at it. You know, it's great. Back at it. You, Pan Ams is, you're competing on a different level. These guys, you know, they're training against you that, you know, and they're doing, they're doing, re- you know, they're training just as hard as you are. You know, you're competing. Mm-hmm competing at another higher level you know grappling industries is is the good warm-up to those to that level and now my next level is is i want to do worlds that means these are the everybody all across the whole country and i want to be the best at that and and i tell everybody this it's not how good you are it's not it's how bad you want it and if you want it more than that other guy you're going to win. Now, talent does have, you know, physically strong. I call it, you know, all strength, no tech, technique guys. Mm-hmm. You get the guy that has really good technique. You know, obviously strength does have a play into it. But if your grips are strong, your mind is right. Yeah. You can, I'm telling you, you're going to you're going to have the most dominant base you can get. And it's going to be straight down. And the next thing you know, you're going to sweep them and put them on their back and you're done with it. 
So that's that's one of the biggest things. I need to get your email. Send me your email. And I'm going to send you some of these videos. And you're going to be like, that is some of the most slickest stuff I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to definitely gonna do that. Because my the promise that I made is some of the more advanced moves I've learned, I won't do them on people that are lower ranked than me. And I'll tell you this. So I was at uh, one of the Gracie Bajas and I was injured. I actually had fractured my back. And oh, I, God. I, 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 I told him, you know, I was, this was where I was almost ready to quit. If you were to say, uh, did you ever wanted to quit in jujitsu? This is where I wanted to quit in jujitsu. Um, I was rolling, rolling. And I sat down. I was like, you know, I'm tired. He's like, my, the, one of the professors like, come on, come on. I'll take it easy. And I'm like, I'm like, listen, I'm hurt. You know, I can just flow roll. He ended up putting me in a bow and arrow choke. And I didn't tap, but then he wrenched on it, wrecking my <sighs> And I stood up. I was like, was that effing necessary? Like, was it really necessary? And I stormed out of the gym. And then another guy comes over. What happened? What happened? I was like, he's a black belt. I'm a white belt doing a bow and arrow choke. And I've never learned this choke before. I've never, I don't even know how to defend against it. I don't even know when to tap because mm -hmm. I'm coming on. Right. And I was like, if he is a black belt, what was he trying to teach me? Right. If he wasn't trying to teach me something, then it was just to inflict pain just to get a tap out of white belt. And he's like, oh, no, no, he's not like that. I was like, really? Because then what is he like? Because if he's willing to do that move on a new white belt, I think it was like maybe two months in. If he's willing to do that, what was he trying to teach me? And if it wasn't a teaching moment, then you're doing it to cause pain and punishment. Because the bow and arrow choke is one of the most powerful moves and chokes you can do in jujitsu. Mm -hmm. So if you weren't trying to teach me something, if it was, then what, what, what were you trying to teach me? Second of it, if it wasn't a teaching, then you were just trying to cause pain and hurt me. So that's why when I roll with guys that I know I can dominate, I just defend. I defend yeah. moves. I won't go and try to commit a move or a sweep, stuff like that, just because I don't want anybody to experience what I've experienced. And black belts, yeah, they're going to hit their moves, but, you know, maybe he's not a good teacher. Maybe he's not a good communicator, but there's come to the point as now, you know, people that are higher ranking belts. Yeah, they're white belts. You shouldn't be beating up on them like that. Yeah, you can get mm -hmm. them in a move triangle and you do a slow to where you give them an option to tap. Not hit a move so fast to where they can't just wrench on it. Yeah, no. He, he wrenched my I was out for I think three, three and a half weeks for that, wrenching on my back. And I was like, that uh. not I was more hurt in that gym than I was any other gym because I did not have a good teacher to teach me advanced moves. I was like, well, if you're going to do advanced moves on me, you need to let me do the advanced classes. Oh, you need to be a three-stripe white belt. I was like, then don't do advanced moves on me. Right? right. It Only common sense would teach you that. So if anybody, any black belts out there, your white belts, if they don't know, it's because nobody ever taught them how to be respectful. Nobody taught you have to teach them how to be respectful. You have to mm -hmm. teach them how to tie their belt. It's like training a baby sometimes. I'm you're gonna get people that are so clueless. You can't that's wild. That, you know? So that was my whole 
I'd say my worst part of jujitsu was, you know, I was yelling at a professor and I was yelling at, and I was livid. I was like, what was the point of that? What were you trying to teach me? That it was on, and it was uncalled for. It really was because then, yeah, that's so uncalled for. So, but you expect that from like a purple belt, maybe even no, like maybe even no. a blue belt, but not no black belt. A blue belt, I can understand. A black belt, that's punishment. Yeah. If if a per even a per I've rolled with God hundreds of purple belts, and never have I had one try to punish somebody. Because mm -hmm. they're learning too. They don't know. When you have a black belt to do that to white belt, you and they and this is their second month, you're gonna do a bow and arrow choke on a on a one stripe white belt? Come on. That's punishment. And you can you can I don't care what it oh he's a good guy. He's a, I don't care. Good professors and teachers don't do that to your students. Oh, he's gotta, yeah. gotta learn to tap. He's not going to learn to tap when you wrench his back and then he's going to quit. Right. Now you just lost a potential business. Jiu-Jitsu is a business, but it's also mm -hmm. it's also a place where you want to do this. And if it's more of a business, now I can understand if you got a white belt spaz and he's going out, but there's a proper way. And I was a spaz. Everybody's probably <clears throat> spaz. I I'd probably say I was the biggest spaz of anybody. Because I used to be a wrestler, and we do not know how to stop. You keep mm -hmm. going, 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 going. I didn't know how to stop, but nobody. I it took me eight months to learn how to not be a spaz. Because I tr trained at a different gym, and the first thing he <clears throat> is, I need to stop these three things. I need to stop doing this. He told me stalling is okay. I'm like, wait, what? Stalling's okay? He's like, you're not going to get penalized for stalling. You'll get a caution, but who cares? Cautions are break times. And, <laughs> and as a bigger guy learning and you're exhausted, those break times, I love break times. <laughs> Got to learn to play the game, the long yeah. game. <laughs> oh, my belt came untied? Great. I'm, I need to learn how to – I want that belt coming off. <laughs> That's Lucy, sorry, Lucy, uh, Lucy, tying your belt. Yeah. I, oh, I where not. No, I do an overhand knot. No, you're coming and done. You're coming and done. 30 seconds. So I, I found that I want your gi. I, 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 my first step is when I go into the tournament, I open your gi. I want that lapel. You got a, you got a new guy that knows how to do lapel. I learned lapel way too early. Worm guard, Keenan, thank you very much. I've learned, I've probably spent ooh, 300 hours just learning worm guard. And then when you're hitting it, they're like, where did you learn that from? I was like, YouTube. No, you didn't. I did. Who taught you that? YouTube. I, right. It's, I'll stay up to like three, four o'clock in the morning watching YouTubes and I'll hit rewind, play, replay. And I'm just practicing it in my head over it. And I go to the gym and I hit it. They're like, who taught you that? Where'd you learn that? YouTube. I told you to stop going on YouTube. <laughs> what? Yeah, it, yeah. I got yelled at for doing that. So, but out of respect for my professor, and I still do, I get what he was trying to teach me. Harry, why aren't you learning how to open the guard? Why aren't you learning how to pass the guard? And it finally clicked after like eight months. You know what? I need to learn how to open the guard because I could get out of somebody's guard. So wow. 
I, I learned the hard way some days. That's a hell of a journey for just being a blue belt, man. Oh man. But when you put in that many hours, so I was, I was learning the kids. I would learn in the kids and then I would mm -hmm. do, then I would do the beginners one. Then I would do the advanced class. I would do the GB1, GB2, and then they'd have the, the no-gi afterwards. And I would come an hour early. So I'd be there from like 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Then they'd have the kids kids class. And they had the GB1 from, you know, 6 to 7. And then from 7 to 8.15. And then you have open math afterwards. So you do that five days a week. Some And then that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then I do Saturday. Mm-hmm. You do that for four or five months straight. I don't care who you are. You get better so much quickly. And when the class sizes are super small, that's even Love better. Because you get your one-on-one -on -one private lesson from the, the guy that's been doing it for 10, 15, sometimes 20 years, 30 years. You can't, that's, a, you can drill any question, anything you want. You know, I do have to give a big shout out to my professor, Tony Lanovic, because when I was preparing for Pan Ams, I felt really bad because I thought he was taking away other students because he would come and train and drill with me. But he was that good to where he can teach this and drill with me. Mm. And no, and he knows everything what was going on inside the gym. He's like, hey, stop doing that. Like, I'm like, how are you paying attention to what's going over here? I'm teaching here. The guy is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal teacher. And if you guys are ever in this plane, go speak with Tony. He's so soft-spoken. He is absolutely amazing with teaching. He's amazing with kids. And this guy is one of the reasons why I still, you know, doing jujitsu. Um, when I get back, when I go get back in the full blown, which will probably be up in the next month, I'll start training, you know, fully 100%. But I'm telling you, you, you get, you get the professor that grows on you. And that's the one I want to go. I travel. It's, he's 45 minutes away from me. And I travel to him. I can go to a gym right here five minutes from my house. No, I want to go with him because that dedication that he gave me flying all the way out to Florida with me, you know, that's the dedication family you want to grow with. Yeah, definitely. I, I love my instructor. Awesome guy. Um, I was just I was just talking to him earlier because, you know, we were just going over stuff that I, I know I need to work on, you know, trying to get that get stuff together for Saturday. But yeah. Yeah, and I'll I'll follow him to the end. If he moves to, if he moves to school, I'm I'm right there. Like yeah, we moving three hours out. Well, I guess I just have to leave early. <laughs> I remember, remember when COVID happened, and they're like, "Oh, you can do online courses." I was like, "I already do YouTube. What do I need to do online courses for?" Right? They they wanted it, they closed down the gyms, and I'm like, "Why do online courses? I can do jujitsu online." You know, it, you everybody I would say is you know. Find your strengths and find your weaknesses. Tournaments, you find your weaknesses. Yeah. Like, oh, shoot, I missed this. And re if you get a chance, record every single one of your matches. Mm -hmm. I, I, only, I only watch the ones where I make mistakes. I don't care if I beat you. You know, it, there was one division. I beat everybody in under a minute and 30. I don't even watch those videos. I watch the ones where I go all the way to the end to see where I'm making my mistakes, where I missed the grip, where I missed, you know, hand placement, where I missed moving my hips. If, if I could say, if anything you want to learn, learn how to move your hips. If you're a bigger guy, learn how to move your hips, use your legs, stop using your yeah. arm. 
when you when you roll with your next partner, use just your legs. And you'll see how weak you really are. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's cause you know, when, when people start doing jujitsu, it's all upper body. Yeah. All upper body. And, and then you start finally trying to use those legs, it'd be like jello and untrained. But, so yeah, gotta gotta get them legs involved. It's not even that because your legs, you're on them all day long. People mm -hmm. people don't understand how powerful your legs really are when you incorporate them, they're my extra hands. People are like, oh my God, your legs are so strong. I'm like, I don't work out. There's like, no way. I was like, I don't lift a single weight. I lift 250 pound guys in the gym because they're heavier than weights. Deadlift don't mean nothing when you're lifting dead weight. It's right. I find the biggest, I roll with him. I find the biggest, bulkiest, strong. I want the strongest dude in the gym. Because that's going to prepare me for going into every single match. Because if I can outmatch his strength or the guy, the strongest guy in there, anybody else is a piece of cake. Yeah, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. All right, Harry. So for our, our We Have a Talk Yo Jits podcast question, your top three people, man, who, who would you like to roll with if you get a chance to? If I ever would get a chance to roll with him, God rest his soul, Leandro Lowe. Okay. That would that would be my first one. Obviously, Marcelo Garcia was another one. Um, just because his technique is so sweet and smooth and it's so fluid-like, you learn so much in just a short period of time from watching him, even just from learning him. And then... Um, there is another guy. Um, he's uh, actually taking his seminars. It's a Humlo. Baral. What's his name? A Humlo Baral. No, I don't think I've heard that name before. Um, he is. Uh, I learned my lasso guard from him. Okay. Um, he's out of Gracie Baja too. I think he's uh, retired now. I don't know for sure. But those are the ones that I would love to do. Just an hour long rolling session with if I could. So, and then you got the ultimate beast cyborg that I would love to roll against. That's a first cyborg. Because that guy is 220 pounds of absolute beef. Like that Big guy. Boy. <laughs> I bet you if he grabbed my wrist, probably crush it, every bone in my body. You know, it, there's a different type of strength. And then you have old man strength. And anybody knows that been doing that for so long you get that strength plus old man strength you can't compete against that strength i don't care who you are they crush your hand at a different rate and yeah it it's surprising you think as of age they decline no 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 it's it stays with them and you can i mean he's won so many tournaments you know you just to roll with them and to learn from him would be an absolute honor gotcha yeah, it's all, I mean, it's all like a good list. But, um, man, is there anything else uh, you said? I don't know if you say if you're competing or not, but I know you were talking about competing down the line. Uh, if you got anything coming up for, at your school, uh, not, shout them out as well. But, uh, yeah, the floor is still yours. Not not at the moment at the school. I know they do, like, uh, the they do the comp nets for Gracie Baja, just for Gracie Baja schools, but they do the grappling industries and stuff like that. Um, they, they just had a tournament, so they're going to probably have a couple more coming up soon, but nothing that I know that's in the pipeline. Um, I will be 
coming back probably by June and I will going to be training for worlds. That is my goal is to get to worlds. If I get there, that's great. But if I feel like I'm not prepared due to, you know, the injury to my knee, that's going to be, you know, I'm not going to push it because the worst thing you need is another injury when you're not fully healed. And my, right. I made the mistake of coming, trying to come back too early and actually injured my knee again. So doctor's like, nope, you need to take six to eight months off now. So it, oh, yeah. And it's, it is what it is, but you know what? My professor, nope, don't rush it. I rushed it. I should have listened to him. I should have waited, but I didn't because I, I got bored sitting at home. And, but now it's more of that would be my goal. So Gi uh, Worlds is what I'm going to be shooting for. Sounds like a good plan, man. But yeah, please keep me updated, man. Oh, for sure. On, on what's going on, dude. <laughs> I send you the video of me, me uh, doing the baseball bat choke inside his guard. Yeah, I was when we get done. I'll send you that. I'll see that email for sure. Yeah, that's it. I don't know who told me that he's he's like I was remember they're like oh you can't submit somebody from you know inside their guard, and I'm like wait I can. So watch me. <laughs> I'm that guy. When they say oh you can't do that. I'm the guy that tries that because I always tell people it's like you ever go fishing and the guy goes, Oh, don't throw that. That doesn't work. You, you got to try it. And it, you, you're never going to know until you try it. And I always tell people, if someone says, don't do that. I want you to try it because that do it. one of your best moves in your arsenal. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be, and I guarantee you, I'm going to try this move five more times before I say, before somebody catches on and get, catches me in an arm bar or something. <laughs> but it's it's not, I'm already in his guard. And if I'm down, you know, let's just say, I'm not going to say it'll ever happen. But if I'm getting beat and he's up on points and I'm in his guard and there's probably a minute left, guess what? I'm going to try the baseball bat choke inside their guard. <laughs> it, I'm hey, whatever happens happens right <laughs> that means that means i gotta break their guard and then on top of that i gotta try and pass their guard and then try to get them out when i can just gonna jump to it you know if there's 30 seconds left i'm doing that move 100 so i'm going i'm shooting for it already down right what else do i got to lose <laughs> right i already messed up on everything else <laughs> For sure, man. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely keep up, man. I'll um yeah, right. once we get done, I'll uh, send you that email. But um yeah, that's the uh end of today's episode. I would like to thank Harriet one more time for coming on the show and blessing us with all his jujitsu knowledge. Hope you guys gained something from all this. Uh please go and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube page to stay up to date on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day. All right, guys, have a good one. Thank you. All right, my brother.